Amen. Amen. You can be seated. My name is Matt Porter. I'm the lead pastor of Outward Church. If you have never seen me before, uh, we have two campuses, one in Salem and one in, in Silverton. You, of course, are at the Silverton one. And so uh, if you didn't know that, we get bigger problems. And so, uh, but hey, uh, just glad to be here with you. Um, just as we kick off the year and as we're, we're getting going here, um, you guys are way far away from me here. This is, this is strange. I'm a little bit used to guys being a little closer, but that, that's okay. Um, yeah, so we're, uh, we're in a passage in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, that has really been uh, the, kind of the headliner of, of Outward Church. Uh, when I was a, a young man, and I've talked about this here before, but I think it's good to repeat it. Uh, when I was a young man, like in my early 20s, uh, I was sitting in my room and I saw some books on my shelf, and they were by a guy by the name of Martin Lloyd-Jones, and one of those books was about Ephesians chapter 4, and the title of it, I'm forgetting the title right now, uh, but the title of it intrigued me, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to read that book, and so I started reading this book, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is, this is so stinking cool. And what I found out was that God has a role for every single one of us in the context of the local church. And the reason why that intrigued me was because I just remember as a young man feeling like, man, I want to serve God, and I just don't know how to get my foot in the door. And I remember going on mission trips, and I remember being with a bunch of other people that I didn't know prior to going on that mission trip, like to Mexico or the Dominican Republic or, uh, you know, over, over into Europe, uh, all over the place. I remember that, and I remember how close I would get with these people that I had spent time with uh, for 10 days or all summer or whatever it was. And I remember thinking, man, I wish church were like this. Well, I just, I just have to tell you that church can be like that, but there has to be some type of submission that we have to God's will, to God's plan uh, in the context of the local church. Now, what does is, what is submission to that plan look like? Well, it, it looks like this. It looks like active participation in the church. It looks like active participation in, in serving not just in putting a service together, but in the body of Christ, within God's people, and then also serving outside of our church, outside of this group of people. Because there's many people today that have viewed the church as something that they are passively involved with, that they're passively attending. And in many ways, it's not their fault. Either the word of God hasn't been preached in its fullness, in your hearing or their hearing, or uh, what's, what's happened is this, is that we have churches that just have not emphasized that, that have not emphasized this idea of like, man, active participation in the life of the church brings us together. It actually brings us together in our varying gifts. If you remember, and, and Des just read this, but the first part of Ephesians chapter four is really speaking about this unity that we should have, that the church should have a deep sense of unity with one another because oh, we have the same God, we have the same uh, spirit, same Lord, all of that kind of stuff. We should be unified together. Like this, this thing is uni unified. And that has lots of far-reaching um, uh, effects in the context of our church. 
when we think about like, hey, we're all unified behind this theology. We're all unified behind this. We're all unified behind that. Like this is, this is the one thing that we're doing that, is, that has a really great effect on our church. But then he goes into this, which I, I think is quite interesting. He says, but grace was given to each one of us. Now, if you remember, like I just said, he was talking about, like, we're one body, but then he says, I want to talk to you about you for just a second. I want to talk to you about your role in the context of the local church. I want to talk to you about your role here at Outward Silverton. I want to talk to you about how you function in the context of this church even though I've just been talking about us as a body, he says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. What's that saying? It's saying this, that not everybody has the same role. Not everybody has the same function. In fact, if you were to look at Romans 12, uh, three through eight, it says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What's that saying? It's saying not everybody has the same gifting. Not everybody has the same uh, uh, abilities. Not everybody has the same role, but everyone should take the role that God has given them and pursue it with passion. He goes on to say there, he says, um, uh, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we are, so, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We'll stop right there. That's talking about this idea that like, even though we are one body, we all have a different function. We all have a different role. We all have a, have a, have a different uh, role in, in this church and in the daily life of what's happening here. And the question is, do you know your role? Do you know what that looks like? Because, and it's not just our church, but our church especially is built on this reality, and that is that God has called each of us to a role in the church. Why is that? If you look at verse eight, it says, therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. What, what does that even mean? He's quoting from Psalm 68, verse 18, and he's taking this Psalm that refers to God and how he saved his people in this particular instance, which we won't go into, the Apostle Paul is taking that psalm and he's applying it to us. And how is he applying it to us? He's saying, and in David's day, the psalmist, in David's day, God came, he descended, he, he worked, he moved, and then he ascended uh, back to heaven in giving gifts at the same time. The Apostle Paul takes that same idea and he says, Christ, as God, came he descended, he came to earth, and he lived this perfect life, he died that death, he was resurrected from the, death, the dead, and then he ascended, and as he was ascending, what, what was he doing? 
He was giving gifts. He essentially left us with gifting. Do you remember when Jesus said, it's going to be better for you that I go, because when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says that like, when I send the Holy Spirit, that's going to be better than me actually being present with you. How many of us ever actually think that? You know, it's better that I'm with my brother or my sister in Christ than with Jesus. Many, many of you are, are like, man, I wish that my brother or sister in Christ was, was Jesus. Jesus says, no, it's better that I go so that I can leave the Holy Spirit because he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. There's all kinds of things that go along with the Holy Spirit as the counselor, as the helper and all of these things. But there's also a gifting. There's a role. There's a responsibility. When Jesus ascended he gave gifts to men. The Apostle Paul is pointing to that and he's saying, see, when, when Jesus descended as God, he lived a perfect life, died this perfect death, was resurrected from the dead, and he ascended. He is king. And so your king, if you're a believer here today, your king is the one who has given you a gift. He's the one that's given you a role to play. And so the, the problem is, is that we can kind of think about church as being something passive that we're doing. I'm passively attending. I'm passively just kind of being here, just kind of functioning. I might meet some people. I'm passively engaged with this. It might even be this, though. Hey, I serve on the whatever team, parking, ushers, you know, hospitality. And so I do my thing. But did you, and that's great. That's great. We have to have that. But did you know that there is something very real and spiritual about what God has called you to? That it's, it's a God-given deal that the King of Kings has given to you a role in the local church. Man, I just got to tell you that like my hopes for this church, the one I planted in Silverton, and then the one that we planted here, all one church, one church, two locations, my hope is this, is that we might look like, look very different from maybe the church that you grew up in, from maybe the church that you came from. From maybe the, the, the idea of the church that you've seen on TV or that you, and maybe you don't have an idea and that's okay, but many of us have come from church backgrounds that say, I just want to attend somewhere where they preach the word. And so I feel fed, and so then I can go and do my thing. And this passage is saying, man, that is not, and I hope that that's happening, but that is not the sum total. It's at least that. That's not the sum total. And that's not really where this thing grows. In fact, I was thinking about this on the way from Salem. I just preached this. And I, you, you always think about what I should have said. So my last sermon, I should have said, you know, here's the thing. It's like this, all this stuff, the worship, the, the preaching, this incredible barn, this facility, this 
the hospitality, the, the ushering, all, all of the different functions, children's ministry, all that stuff. All of that has to happen. But I almost want to say there's something more important than even the, the preaching. I, this is slightly heretical, but even the preaching of the word, even the worship team, all that stuff, those, those need to be there. But there's something that might even be more important. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, and, 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 and let me keep going here, verse 9. In, in saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower earthly uh, lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. That's just affirming this deal. The one who's empowered you is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is in charge of all things. He is sovereign. But then it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Now, what is that saying? It's saying a couple things. In another place, which I'm not going to go to right now, the, the Apostle Paul says, there are degrees of authority or degrees of, of gifting. And we need to be okay with that. Like the church isn't just led by anyone and, and anybody. But that we have elders in the church. And our job is to be humble, which doesn't always come naturally. Our job is to lead well. Those of us who are, who are teaching and preaching and leading in these ways, that, that is our job. And so there, there are these, these levels, if you will, of like gifting they're not all equal, they're not all the same, but we're intended to come together and be unified in the midst of that diversity. It's like, so that's, that's kind of a, a crazy thought. But then he says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So he does not list every spiritual gift there. He doesn't list, you know, healing or tongues or administration or whatever he just lists a handful of them and what's intended to be there is that there's lots of different giftings it's not just in it's not just nine from scripture like god can gift however he wants by the power of his spirit in in people's lives that's i believe that that's that's absolutely true it's not just that it is all of these all of these giftings and these giftings are to come together for this purpose. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. What is the work of ministry? The work of ministry is making disciples. What Jesus said to his disciples as he's about to ascend... So it's like the last thing he says. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, and surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm going to be with you, but I'm going to be with you for the purpose of doing ministry, for making disciples. So what... What are we doing here as a church? Some of you came to church, and in part, 
you're, you're just beginning your spiritual life. I've heard so many stories. And I, I don't know if it's just because we planted a church in, in Silverton or, or why, but I just have heard so many stories, just awesome stories of people who have just said, man, I used to go to church. I stopped going because X, Y, or Z. And I love what God is doing here. And so I want to be a part of it. And that's awesome. And some of you like our worship. You like the worship teams that we have. And that's awesome. And I hope that we do that excellently. But the goal for you as a church member, it, 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 can't, be, it can't be just dependent on the, the elders and the staff and the, and the people here to get you hyped up. I mean, hype is... Um, I can be good at hype, um, but hype doesn't always last. You know what lasts? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is forever. And you have the Spirit of God, and He has gifted you for the work of ministry. And so what are we all working on together? It's not just to tell people that God is cool or that God loves them. That's, those are good statements. But it's to bring people into relationship with Jesus Christ. And not just into an initial relationship of I've believed and I've been baptized. But it, it is then to see them grow in understanding the life of Jesus Christ. And how that is to be lived out in my life. How I am to replicate who Jesus is. But it's also to like commiserate together and talk about like, man... I am so far away from who Jesus is. Um, you should have heard me in the car on the way over here when I'm rushing here to, to, to get, you know, I just preached in Salem and I ran out here and I'm, and I'm like, man, that is not kind what I'm thinking in my head right now about this uh, Prius in front of me, you know. <laughs> Discipleship is continually like seeing the rough edges be be sanded off. It's seeing the rough edges being sanded off and, and turning us from somebody who has been uh, graceless, acting without grace, whether it's in your marriage, which many of us need more grace in our marriage towards our spouses. I know that that's, that's been a huge need in my marriage. It's just, I, you know, here I am, I'm 46, been married like 16 years, and I am so shocked at how I continually am, am my, my selfishness is continually challenged, like over and over again. Like, I, I can't believe how, how continually selfish I am in my marriage, and, and God's, like, incredible plan to take two selfish people and say... I know what's going to make them less selfish. Put them in the same room for like 16 years. <laughs> and then add like four children. Ha! Ah! Oh my gosh. My hair is on fire. And then we got a dog over Christmas. Oh my gosh. My selfishness. Did you know that the church is a lot like a marriage? In fact, we're, we'll even talk about that in Ephesians 5. The Apostle Paul, he, he goes back and forth. He, he's, talking about, he's talking about the church, but he's also talking about marriage. 
and it's like marriage is a, is a picture of the church, or like the, the church is a picture of marriage, and you're, you're not sure what Paul is saying, but he's saying uh, marriage is a lot like the church. And so what are we doing when we come together? Sometimes we're with people that really irritate us. And sometimes the elders don't do what we want them to. And sometimes the worship leader that we wanted is not leading. And sometimes the pastor or the teacher that we like is not teaching. And sometimes there's somebody who has a lot of needs in our community group. And sometimes people are asking me to join this team or that team. And sometimes there's needs that are outside of the church that I'm called to fulfill. And what is this? It's just a big, giant marriage. Don't confuse that with another religion, but sometimes it's just like that where God has called us by the power of his spirit as he ascended to heaven to say, I want you to be about the work of ministry, but I'm not going to leave you on your own. I'm going to give each and every one of you a role. And part of our goal here at Outward Church is to really embody, yes, the life of Christ, but to fulfill this verse 12, equip the saints for the work of ministry. And what happens as a result is that the body of Christ is built up for building up the body of Christ. Hear me on this. If you're not functioning as an active member, if you're being passive, if you're not functioning, this is not to bring about shame and guilt. You, it's a great motivator, but it's a, it's a bad savior, right? This is not to bring shame and guilt, but if you're not act, actively participating and using your gifts in the context of the local church for the work of ministry, like looking to be trained, you're not building up the body. You're not building up the body. And so here's, here's just a couple things that I want to bring to you, is that I want you to look at the life of Jesus Christ. And some of us need to get down and dirty, and that's, that's why we do communion the way that we do. That's why we want to contemplate what it is that Christ died for. What are the ways that I need Jesus in my life? Like, I need his forgiveness. I need his grace. What are those things? What are those ways that I need him? And then we go to the Lord's table, and, and, and Jesus says, this is my body that was broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you. So some of us, like, we just have to be honest. Like, I don't feel like doing much. I don't want to do much. I don't feel like I need to do whatever it is that you, that you feel. And sometimes, sometimes we need to say, I don't know what, what Jesus entirely felt like. I know that he said to the Father, if possible, take this cup from me. Why did Jesus say that to the Father? He said that to the Father because it was going to be miserable. It was going to be painstaking. It was going to be excruciating, which means literally of the cross. Jesus went to the cross. So if you're in this place where you're saying, like, hey, I don't want to participate. If I'm just honest with myself, I don't really want to participate. I don't want to utilize my gifts. I just want to say this. Let's first, let's look at Jesus. Let's, let's look at him and let's say this is what Jesus has done for us. And what the Apostle Paul is telling us is, is he's saying, I want you to live out of that reality. 
I want you to live out of the reality of what he's done for us. Everything he's been talking about in chapter 1 through chapter 3, I want you to live out of that reality. Now that you know that, here's how you live. But then secondly, here's what I'd say. And that is that we offer various things, from our essentials class to, um, you know, connecting through basic, which is kind of the starting point here at Outward Church. Essentials being like, this is kind of our membership class, kind of teaches you about who we are. But then there's, there's also ways you could join a community group. You could enter into Equip, which is a discipleship program that'll be coming uh, more and more as we go on. Equip is like one of the more central things that we do here at Outward Church. Like everybody that is a part of the church here that's going to be in leadership or, or what have you, everyone's going to go through Equip. Everyone's going to be a part of it so that we can be on the same page. And you can submit yourself to that. And in so doing, what happens is this, is that you sit in a group with, uh, with other people and you begin to learn some things about yourself. You begin to learn about your gifting. You begin to learn about someone else's gifting. You, you begin to get irritated with somebody and you get to practice the one another's. You get to practice Christ-likeness in that sense. But you begin to engage. And so if you've been somebody who's been disengaged, maybe you're, you've just been attending. Man, if that's all that you can do right now and you're just committed to coming, praise God. I want to encourage you to take the next step. I mean, do what you can right now. But I want you to make yourself known and say, man, this is where I'm at. But you can join a community group. You could find out other ways of serving here on a team just to get to know other people. And then the last thing I'd say is this, is that Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now we just, uh, at the end of the year here, we're going through a budgeting process and looking at this coming year and what are, what are we going to, you know, uh, set money aside for, but we've also been looking at the, um, the giving from last year, and praise God, um, I don't have the exact figures, so I don't want to say what I think they are, because I, I want to double check and make sure, but there, there's a healthy amount of giving that's coming out of this location, so praise God for how God has moved on your hearts, praise God for that, that is amazing. If you're not giving, Jesus says where your treasure is, that your heart will be also. And so I just want to boldly say this. I cannot sell you God's grace. I cannot sell you, um, I cannot tell you, I should say, that your life is going to get better because you gave. But I, but, but I can say this. I have never seen someone make major steps toward the Lord in their process of discipleship that is not also committed to regularly, sacrificially, faithfully giving. So I invite you to that. I don't say that to bring about guilt and shame. God will provide one way or another with or without what you have. So praise him for that. But I just want to tell you, don't get left out of that engage with that and see what God does. Where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. If the heart, if your heartstrings are, if you're feeling some conviction and saying, then you know, I do need to take some steps. Maybe the next step that you could take is to say, you know what? I want to give faithfully. And let's see what God does through that, through the first fruits of what God has given you. And then go on from there. So today is an invitation. It certainly is an invitation to believe 
what Jesus has done for you on the cross, but it's also an invitation to take the next step and to say, you know what? I want to do what Outward's doing, which I certainly hope is the Word of God. We're looking at the Word of God and we're saying, are we doing that? And so I'm inviting you to that. So if you're kind of marginally committed here in Silverton, I'm so happy that you're here. Praise God, that's amazing. What's the next step for you? What's the next step that you could take? That's, that's my invitation. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for how you woo us to yourself, for how you have given of yourself so much, and yet you've given to us gifts. You've given to us like spiritual uh, passions. You, you've given to us ways that we can serve in ways that would be so fulfilling. So Lord, I pray that we'd be committed to understanding what those are, to making ourselves known, to engaging in community so that we can be about the business of making disciples and building up your body, which is your church. Lord, would you work here and now in the midst of these people, in the midst of us. It's in your name we pray.